This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah in Portland. And this is Dimity back in Denver after two two weeks on the road, six parties, one expo, and I can't even tell you how many grande non-fat lattes at Starbucks, <laughs> one raw sugar, a couple um, chicken Thai salads at Panera, a couple Chipotle bowls. Yeah, because you didn't you didn't have your Yelper with you. Me saying, oh, there's a wonderful uh, you know Thai infused place that uses only farm fresh ingredients. Well, as I realized, you know why. So yeah, so I'm coming back from the Midwest tour, and then you had Molly on last week, which was a lovely podcast. I listened to that yesterday on my run, Sarah, or oh, two days ago, I guess. That that was really fun to get that perspective, but. Yeah, so we were in the Midwest for four parties, um, Denise and I, my my wing woman, uh-huh. and then we just got back from um, Richmond and Gaithersburg, Maryland, and then the, the Zuma Annapolis Expo, and uh, and so w- when we were out in the Midwest, we called you kind of every day just to check yeah. in while we were, you know, driving on an interstate, and um, hands-free, of course, and uh, and um at one point, I was like, oh, Sarah, we're driving by Lake Geneva, which is where a previous Zuma race was that you and I have, have both been to. We went to together. And yeah. you're like, oh, 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 oh. That really awesome <laughs> that restaurant. Restaurant. Oh, my God. I can't believe you're driving by that great restaurant. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. No wonder. Like, you, you know, because Denise and I were just like, okay, we get up, we eat, you know, we roll, we eat. You know, we like the eating was more like just we just something you do like brushing your teeth instead of an event you know like it was a job I mean we were on the road we were working you know and so it was like there was no time to like take a 20 minute detour and sit in a restaurant for an hour because then that meant that we would get to the next door late to Uh uh pack goodie bags you know so um but oh that no wonder Sarah Sarah and I like whenever I whenever we have a party together we're like oh my god we've got 10 minutes to change then we got to get to the store you know where Denise and I gave ourselves like an hour so I could like like lie down for a couple minutes and close my eyes both of us close our eyes before we had to go again so yeah yeah anyway a little a little different lifestyle without the sbs along huh well about that yeah but we did see some birds of prey which we know you love and um we saw a couple flowers (laughs) and some architecture and you um and uh, you stopped at a battlefield when you were in um the mid-atlantic states didn't you I, I, we were, I was kidding. Oh, you were kidding. I was kidding when I said that. Oh. I said, we're coming from a battlefield. We saw a lot of signs for battlefields. Oh, but come on. I, Sarah, I mean, honestly, and I am being completely honest, like it was, it was completely packed. I mean, there was no time yeah. hardly even to check email, you know, except for in the car, which then you're like typing with your thumbs and I don't like to do that. And yeah. So, and it was I also mean, a billion degrees, wasn't it? You, oh, I, I, I mean, the Richmond, I, we landed and it was, I kid you not, it was 93 degrees with 100% humidity. And where we were coming off of snow, <laughs> snow in Denver. I mean, so I was, you know, that, that first so Your blood was nice and summer, thick and you're like, oh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that first shift of that first summer temperatures and that the Richmond party was okay, but Gaithersburg, oh, oh my gosh. I mean, we talked about um, how I ordered new clothes and they didn't arrive. Uh-huh. So they, they arrived in time for the second party. So I got to, I picked a couple things out. I'm going to return the rest. Um, but, but I, one was this. Um, it was that cute really, tank top. 
it, it was that that the striped one um yeah. i wore in richmond oh yeah okay pink one mm-hmm. in gaithersburg and the pink one it was like a nice kind of silk shirt sleeveless yeah. mm-hmm. um and I mean, by the end, it looked like I had had run. I mean, it was so, and I and I mean, I was just pitting out and standing in front of everybody. I mean, and there was there was sweat on my front, on my back. I mean, I haven't seen the pictures, any pictures from there, but I don't know if we had. I can't remember if we had someone shooting it or not. But I was like, yeah. wow, this is just a bad. Cho- like I should have just gone with a black cotton shirt, you know, instead of trying to be all gussied up with the pink silky thing, you know. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. I have to say that I uh, a side note that I saw an accurate puncturist yesterday and he was asking me all you know all these health questions and he said oh and so when you're not running do you sweat very often and I thought about it a little bit and then he's like like you know when you're nervous and I'm like well sometimes at the parties we have I pit out and he goes yeah. he goes pit out <laughs> he's like I like that <laughs> yeah, that's so funny because when so in Minneapolis that was another uh very crowded very fun party but a little warm mm-hmm. and um and I had a jacket so so um I wore it's the first time I've worn one of our shirts at a party I wore that I know I yeah that I thought one yeah look cute um, with that skirt and your jean jacket you. uh-huh thank you yeah with my jean jacket over it and um and so Someone was like, well, do you want to take your jean jacket off for the presentation? I'm like, no way. I am so pitted out. I mean, that must have been something that we like coined on the tours. Like, I am pitted out. No, I am keeping my armpits under wraps, you know, well, under as many layers as they can be. See, but I thought you were clever for wearing a skirt at that party because you were wearing jeans, I think, at both the mid-Atlantic parties, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. I brought a, I, I don't, I mean, this is not interesting at all. I brought a dress. I just felt like. I just, you know, sometimes you're in the mood for a dress and sometimes you're not. Sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. (laughs) So I just felt a little too, I don't know, precious in a dress. I just wasn't, Mm -hmm. you know, I just wasn't a dress kind of day, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. yes, I did go for jeans. Yeah, and they were dark, so at least you didn't get, like, nasty sweat stains on your jeans. Well, the pink shirt actually was my new gray jeans. You may not have noticed those, but I I went for a pair of skinny gray jeans, which I'm actually quite enamored with. Of course, I won't be able to wear them now at all because (laughs) summer's here. Um, But, um, yeah, I got a pair. I think they're Banana Republic, I think. Um, Yeah, so... I like those a lot, but yeah, so I wore those with the, so I had gray jeans and then my pink shirt on and yeah, I may have very well had like crotch sweat as well. I mean, who, who knows? I was just, we were just both a dripping mess, but I mean, we all were, I mean, the people that sat, I was like, thank you for coming to this hot yoga class. <laughs> we are going to now commence our triangle pose. Um, but oh my gosh. People, people were troopers. I mean, I guess they're used to it, right? Yeah. 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 And can I just say that I, um, I definitely threw in the term mid Atlantic several times there because in, uh, and I'm, I'll have to make my mother listen to this podcast maybe because when I met with a, uh, college advisor, my, um, senior fall and, you know, they bring in your parents. So my mom was there and, and you, you rank where you want to go to college by region that, you know, one of the many questions on there. And I put mid Atlantic States last and I was in Connecticut, you know, growing up in Stanford. And, and so the, um, the college counselor's there and he's like, Sarah, I'm curious, why is it you marked the mid Atlantic last? And I'm like, because I have no clue where that is. <laughs> so then, so and my mother just like shook her head in shame. And so now when I was last home in, um, uh, March after our swing through the East Coast, and I was telling my, you know, kind of regaling my family with all the tales of where we, where we uh, go tales on tour. Yeah, 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 the tales yeah. from another mother runner parties. And so I was telling them, and I'm like, oh well, yeah. And so you know, since since we we're in Memphis, we just figured we'd bop over to Little Rock. Blah, blah blah. My mother's like, I just cannot believe how much you know about geography now. I'm so proud of you, Sarah. And I'm like, redemption. 
only taken a couple decades, but I know geography now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Well, so, Dim, I hear you have a race coming up this weekend. Well, yeah, so that's, that's, um... Yeah, I'm going to do an Olympic triathlon. <laughs> Look, you're like... <laughs> for better or for worse. And I mean, I'm kind of, you know, putting it out there because, I mean, I, I put up on our Facebook, I gave myself two triathlons in June for my birthday, you know, the oh. entry fees. Oh. Um, and so I'm doing this one and then I'm, it's called the Crescent Moon. Um, and I decided, you know, I signed up for the Olympic. And I'm like, oh, I can always drop down to sprint. And I'm like, you know what? I am not super trained, but I'm just going to do the Olympic because... Because I can, you oh, know, and so, ref- refresh people's memory about the distance in it. Dif- yeah, try. I'm not quite sure exactly what the swim is. I mean, I think it's around, yeah, I think it's around 800 meters or maybe it's 1200. I don't know. It's somewhere, mm-hmm. somewhere, it's not a mile swim. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then it's a, I think it's a 28 mile ride. <laughs> I think, I think, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's a 10, I know it's a 10K. Yes, I do know it's a 10K run. run. Um, yeah. I, I haven't really looked at it. I know where, I know exactly the course, um, mm-hmm because I trained a lot for Ironman out there and, um, I'm a little, I just, uh, it's hilly. It is hilly. Oh. And I haven't, I mean, I, so being on the road was great, but obviously I don't carry my bike and I don't really find, make an effort to find pools. So I ran a lot, which is, is good. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just going to be, you know, it's one of those things where it is what it is and it's going to be a good day because like I said, I get to do it. So mm-hmm. that's on Sunday. And then I'm kind of using that as my training for, um, <laughs> hopefully I'll be able to, you know, get, a, get myself together a little bit more for, um, for the one at the end of the month, which is a sprint. It's put on by Tribe Bella here in Denver, oh, yeah, which is yeah. a women's only triathlon store. So I'm excited to, to do that one. I've heard about it before. So. Oh, good. Well, and you are a very, you, you, you poo poo and, and, uh, you know, kind of hide your light under a barrel sometime, but you are, a, you are a very proficient swimmer and cyclist. So I know. Yeah, you no, will. I mean, I think it's good. I think it's going to go. Okay. Am I going to be able to, you know, completely nail it or, you know, throw it down as our next guest says, mm-hmm. um, probably not, but I did, I did a, uh, I mean the, the most, the biggest workout that I did was, uh, I think I did, maybe a 30 or 32 mile ride mm-hmm. around the hilliest terrain I could find here. I didn't want to drive over to the course cause mm-hmm. it's just a pain. And then, um, and then I got off and I ran four and a half miles and I'm oh. going to do probably a run walk pattern. I did a, um, that on that day I did a nine, one, nine minute run, one minute walk. But I have a guess that I'll probably shorten that to a five, one or a four, one on set on Sunday, depending upon how I feel. So yeah, was... I've, I've, I've run six miles a couple. I mean, I probably run it now. I don't know, maybe, maybe five times, maybe oh. seven times since, you know, coming back on my foot injury, but I, I'm oh, definitely that's... not, it's not a gimme. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was more than I thought. I thought you were at about five. So I was kind of, I knew that it would be a 10 K run. So I was kind of surprised. So, but I figured you would do a run walk. So that's, that's good to yeah. know. Yeah. yeah. I did my first 10 K, um, in uh, in Minneapolis after the party nice. down I got to the go next morning oh uh-huh, yeah next morning yep yeah, yep yeah, yeah so that was fun so uh-huh. anyway so yeah so if you're if you're listening to this on Saturday or Sunday morning you know just give a little like go to him go nod because <laughs> <laughs> I need every push across that finish line that I can get okay well I'll, I'll send you um you know some some thoughts as as I'm sitting I'll send you the strength that I'm channeling and and storing up for for when I can get back out there and I'll, I'll awesome. loan you some of it yeah awesome. yeah yes so we have a very special guest on our show today it is Nicole Nikki Nepper who is a freelance writer and a licensed clinical professional counselor and she is th- you probably best know her as the genius behind the website Moms Who Drink and Swear, as well as the author of Moms Who Drink and Swear, The Tales of Loving My Kids While Losing My Mind. 
And uh, Nikki is also a contributor, one of 22 or 20 other than you and me, uh, contributors of Tales from Another Mother Runner. So, but before we bring on Nikki, we are going to take a short break and then we'll be back. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. So hello, Miss Nikki slash Nicole. Um, how are you doing today? I'm super fabulous. I just ate an entire Hershey bar with almonds. I'm ready. <laughs> good, good. Well, that'll counteract. I have in front of me a smoothie that I'm pretending tastes good. It's got, you know, kale and protein powder and mango and almond milk in it. And I mean, it's fine, but it's, it's no Hershey bar with almonds. So Yeah, it's not so, the same, but that could taste good. That could be it, good. It is good. It is good. And it's good for me, even better. It won't make me feel like I, you know, just ate a Hershey bar with almonds. So, um, so anyway, so tell us, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. You have two kids. Is that right? I do. I have two kids. I have a 15 year old son named Zach and an 11 year old daughter named Catherine. We call her Kate. If you call her Catherine, there's just no go because she's 11 now and it's even worse. It's like, yeah. You know, don't yeah. call me that. Does she yeah. like does she like that uh John Green uh book? What is it? Um the something that our stars. No, 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 the Catherine uh, the um it's like a not a room full of Catherines, but it's a all about a ton of yes. girls named Catherine, yeah. I know what you're talking about. She has not read that one yet. She's actually just finished The Fault in Our Stars. Oh, and how about Paper Town getting ready for the movie coming out next month? I don't know. She's 11. Paper Town? I don't know. What it, I mean, I, I don't, hmm. I just asked because my 13 year old has been a John Green fan since way back. And so, but anyway, just the, the Catherine's reminded me of that book. So, yes. Do you do the thing where like when you get angry, you, you know, you call her, Kat, you know, you get Catherine Elizabeth, whatever your last name is, like get here right now. You know, like, you know, like when parents get mad, they go from calling their like, their children, like the nice, cute, like Popper's nickname too, like Amelia McDowell Davis. If I don't see your face here in two minutes, there's going to be, you know, big, big consequences. Right. I, I actually don't. I am. I hate to say this, but I am a horrible potty mouth. I mean, I really am. Like, I don't drink a lot. I don't. I probably have, you know, a, a crazy month for me is like four drinks. I know that sounds like ruins my reputation as a lush, but yeah, there goes your cred. Yeah. I know. Right. But I, I do swear oh, a lot. Like I, I am that, that mom, but I'd be like, what the, f-? and then like, it's like they hear it upstairs and I just, I either hear laughing or I hear one of them going, Oh God, you know? <laughs> so, um, so did you put limits on, I mean, because, so we sell, you know, we sell like a badass mother runner tank and have sometimes a couple other people, a couple other things with badass on it. And, uh, you know, some people come up to our table, table at an expo and instantly embrace it and be like, Oh, I love this. I'm totally going to wear this. And other people are like, Oh, you know, I don't think that's appropriate. And, mm-hmm. um, and so, I mean, I kind of fall in the middle and that like, Obviously, I have them all over my, not all over my house, but, you know, we have some in our basement, and obviously, they've seen the word badass like, before. Your bed spread is a t-shirt quilt. <laughs> How'd you know? <laughs> I did a, He's so great. I did a t-shirt quilt with uh, badass mother runners. But yeah, so, but I always say, like, you know, it means I'm really good, 
and you're not allowed to say it outside this house. I mean, you kind of put restrictions on like, okay, I say it, but you, but you don't get to say it. Granted, your kids are older too now, but yeah, yeah, they're older. I think, um, my son has a lot more common sense about that than my daughter at this point. But then again, my daughter, her crew, you know, the people she hangs out with, Girl Scouts, you know, music people, they, they're not really swearers. I mean, she's, She'll throw down like if she hurts herself, and usually she's kind of the the shit or whatever. But and uh, and my son now that he's fifteen, I mean, I hear you know when his friends are over, and I hear them talk, and I think it's all of them great kids. They're all great kids, honor roll students. They don't do drugs. They're not running the neighborhood spray painting things, but you know they're potty mouthing it a bit, mm-hmm. wee bit. <laughs> you saying about the getting injured. Um, that was the, um, only time that I ever would hear my mother swear was when she would, you know, like, you know, I don't know, jam her thumb in the car door or something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. My mom never swore. Never. She wow. said fart. She said fart one time and my brother and I almost <laughs> died and she called the cat a fart. It wasn't even like, because there was a, like a real fart. So it was like the cat was licking the relish tray and she was like, <laughs> And then my brother and I were like, oh, my God, did you hear that? Oh, my God. You know, because my dad would, you know, you you don't even want to know that combination (laughs) that he put together. So the funny thing was when I was um, probably your daughter's age or me, well, probably about your daughter's age, I, you know, I I knew all the swear words, um, but, you know, we didn't we didn't quite, you know, we didn't use them around the house. And uh, so I made a sheet that I was like. (laughs) Like, okay, so a, a chart. So number one was like the B word. Number two was like F and B. Um, you know, number three was like, you know, F you. And so then I would like go to my sister and be like, you are just a number two. That is good though. That is good. That's organized. Yeah. I like it. it. Yeah, I organized. Sarah's probably like, oh my God, you organized their swear words. Like I am. In- um, but yeah, that, that that's kind of a little source of family lore at this point is my, my, my swear word cheat cheat. <laughs> I love it, though. I think that is genius, though, because it doesn't matter. It's the meaning behind whatever you say. So she knew if you said number two, she was like, oh, no, you didn't. You know, she didn't even have to say it. She's like, that you went there. So it's just as powerful. It was. It was good. It was good. Well, so um, so talk a little bit about your running. Tell us how you became a runner and um, and kind of what role running plays in your life now. Um, you know, I, I started doing competitive gymnastics when I was very young. So I was um, actually, when I was six and seven, I was doing ice skating and gymnastics. Wow. And I, I'm sure you guys are familiar with this because you were athletic too growing up, but like at, at a certain point you have to pick. You can't, you can't go all out with one. So I picked gymnastics. And uh, with gymnastics, there's a lot of conditioning. You yeah. know, you go, you're practicing and then after practice, you're like, are you kidding? We're doing conditioning. It's just killer. <laughs> and so I stayed with gymnastics and in junior high, that meant that, um, you know, I was a little more limited on what sports I could be in. So I, I did track and I just did hurdles. Everyone hated hurdles, but I was really good at them. I think because of gymnastics. I was going to say you were really limber. You could really, you know, yeah. you could split across the hurdles, right? Mm-hmm. And I was really, um, I think too, because gymnastics, you become very powerful and, and you do things fast, mm-hmm. you know, it's like springs of energy. So I was really good at, you know, a, a hundred yard hurdle. I was just great. But still, even if that's your only real event, you're still working out and running with everybody. So that's how I got started running. So that was like seventh grade when I started running pretty regularly. 
Cool. And so, and then, um, did you, did you, I think, I can't remember, did you run in college? Is that, when did you kind of pick it up again after you kind of fell off the, you know, balance speed, so to speak? I always ran in general, you know, running was always, we always had dogs. I took dogs for a walk or I'd go for a run. I, it, it was just sort of like, it was inconsistent when I wasn't in season doing something, but it was always something, at least once a week, I'd be go running, you know, clear my head. And I had a really good friend who was a runner runner. So I'd run with her when she, she would say, Hey, I'm going to run. I'm going to run by, I'll be by your house around 10. And, and I'd run with her. Um, college, I would say, um, I, I started at ISU, but then I finished at Concordia. And when I started at Concordia, that's when I was, I really picked up again. So when I was 20, probably about 20 that I picked it up again. And it was, it was just so easy. I mean, like now when I run, I, I still cannot believe like the first mile of every run. I swear to God, I still am just like, why is it still this hard? The Mm -hmm. first mile, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? (laughs) I used to just like jam out five miles while I was a smoker. I don't know how I did that. Um, Well, yeah. And so did you, so, and then, I mean, so tell us kind of about your running these days. I mean, are you, do you run a couple times a week? Are you taking a break? Are you training for something kind of where, where are you in your, um, no break. Um, I was going no to break. Do, no, no break. I was going to do a sprint try actually this weekend and I signed up for it, but then I, I literally paid the no refundable thing. And then I remember that I was speaking at a blog conference in Baltimore. So, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> okay. So I have a neighbor going as me. That'll be fun for her. Okay. Um, but I like to do little five K's because I like to do fundraising five K's and I'm comfortable with those. Um, I run probably four times a week. I ran yesterday. I did. I like to do a 5K when I run, like the actual, you know, that's the distance. Yep. Mm -hmm. So that's your, that's your workout as well as your race distance. Uh, that's my favorite. Yeah. I mean, I would say just in terms of knowing my limits and stamina and also what's good for my joints and stuff, I can do that on a very regular basis without, having pain or discomfort or thinking, you know, this is miserable. Why am I doing this? I can enjoy it. Sure. It's good. Sure. Well, and you talk a little bit in your essay about coming back from or becoming a runner again after, you know, kind of having kids and gaining weight and still smoking. I mean, can you kind of flash back to those days and and talk a little bit about that transition? I mean, there was a point where you, in the essay, and maybe you're going to read this, but you talk about how, you know, oh, I don't have to tell you how, how hard it was. I mean, I didn't miss, you know, sitting on the couch or, oh um, you know, not smoking and eating a ton of carbs and just, you know, kind of just slothing around. She's like, it was really effing hard. It was really hard. <laughs> and and I did miss it all, right? Well, I think it just depends on what you're doing, too. You know, when, when I got pregnant with my son, um, I was I was still pretty fit, even though I was a smoker and I was still working out. And through my pregnancy with him, I worked out and... I didn't run a lot after about five months because it just (laughs) didn't feel good. And I was, I was not, yeah, I wasn't feeling it. Um, but you know, after he was born, I just crashed. I had terrible, terrible postpartum and I've always struggled with depression. It's always been, you know, the blessing and a curse. I think there's, there's good things about it because when, you know, it helps you appreciate when you're not depressed and the good things, but then it's the you know, it's the lens through which you see everything. And it's a really dark, ugly, gross one. And so I had horrible, horrible 
postpartum. And I'm one of those people that um, when I'm sad, I'm, I'm not a stress eater. I'm not a sad eater. I'm a no eater. Hmm. You know, so I ended up just really, you know, just eat your muscle. Sure. No, I know you I, talked about how you were pretty skeletal, weren't you? I, yep, it was awful. And you know, the worst thing too is when people are like, you look great. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, wish I was dead, but okay, gotcha. Totally. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I, you know? I, I look great. I feel like, I, yeah, exactly. Like, this is what it takes to look good. Is this, yeah. I have to feel this shitty to yep. excuse my language, but to, to look this good, like, there's yeah. something just whacked about that, right? Yeah, you're looking at your entire life thinking, okay, this makes no sense. I have this beautiful, healthy baby boy and a husband who I love and a supportive family and a job that I love and that I'm good at. And, and, um, I just want to die. <laughs> so it's just, it's not, it's not good. You know, there's no number that you can put on happiness. So mm-hmm. especially weight or close size, it doesn't matter. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. So in, so in your essay focuses a lot on the health problems and conditions in your extended family and you're, you're open about on your website and about, Mm -hmm. um, having ADHD, depression and autoimmune disease. So, Mm -hmm. so how, how have running and exercise affected your health? You know, it's, it's, I can say that just as a mental health professional, I know as for what I do, I'm a licensed clinical professional counselor. We always tell people, I always tell people your first line of defense against anything that you're struggling with is going to be taking care of your physicality, your body. You need to be on a regular sleep-wake schedule. You need to eat healthy. You need to eat regularly, you know, and you need to exercise. It's it's the answer to everything. It's the medicine for everything. So it, now it's not always the specific, you know, not everyone can do the same exercise, but exer- everyone should move, period. You know, that's just, there's, it's unquestionable. Even people who have, you know, MS or really severe arthritis, they're still told move. And so for me, moving has always helped a lot. As far as with the ADHD, movement helped organize my brain and give me a, <clears throat> excuse me, a healthy outlet for all that energy. Um, and then just as far as, you know, autoimmune stuff, the the thyroid and the RA, you know, inflammation, when you have autoimmune immune issues, you got to do everything you can to avoid inflammatory stuff. But that doesn't mean you're not going to have issues once in a while. But if you can avoid certain things, why not do that? So that's my philosophy in terms of managing my health. I do every single thing I can to stay healthy. You know, being proactive about it and not being victimized and and whining and wondering why I don't feel good when I'm not taking care of myself. So... Mm -hmm. I think that's so important. I mean, I, I, um, very much resonates with a lot of, of my situation resonates a lot with what you say. I mean, the sleep, you know, if you've listened to this for a long time, you know, I mean, I am, I'm almost like fanatical about my sleep and, and, and eating the right stuff and, and then exercise. And again, like it doesn't have to be, you know, a half marathon or even an hour run. It just has to be consistent and, you know, and, and yeah, I mean, it has to be consistent. That's what it has to be. It has to be on a daily, almost daily basis, right? Exactly. And you finagle it, you figure it out. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I was really stoked. I was going to do a longer run and challenge myself. So I was thinking, I'm going to try to kick out some longer runs, see what I can do. And my daughter comes downstairs and proceeds to vomit all over the floor. And so, you know, she's not going to school. I'm not going for a long run. And so I get her set up on the couch and bucket and hugs and whatever's going on. And I'm like, okay, what am I going to do 
to move because I'm obviously not leaving the house. Mm -hmm. So I have this thing I saw it on Pinterest and you take like craft sticks uh -huh. and you and you write different exercises on them. Mm. Like so it might be jump rope, sit-ups, planks, squats, whatever, um, wall squats. And then you just pick a bunch of them. And then it's sort of like a CrossFit thing that I do. So I'll do like in 15 minutes, I'll do as many rounds of them as I can. Yeah. So, and then it's always varied too, because I'm like, oh, I got wall squats. Oh, you know, I got sit-ups or whatever. So it's kind of fun. Nice. I, I would totally rig it. I would put like five like <laughs> squat sticks in there. I mean, because I like and no squats. And no plank sticks or and something. no planks. No, <laughs> no, no, si no side planks. No side planks. That's what I mean. <laughs> yeah. No burpees, no mountain climbers. Oh my God. Burpees and mountain climbers. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. Oh, awesome. <laughs> burpees are stupid. For They're me. stupid. I peed my pants once when I was doing burpees. Like peed my pants. <laughs> 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 it's pretty pretty proud moment. That's great. Nice. That's great. Nice. Well, well, hey, I, I, I did. I have this um, email exchange that you and I, you know, because we worked a little bit on your essay together, and then we kind of worked on promoting it afterwards a little bit, and. Yep. And you um, wrote me this email that, you know, just came at the right time. And, you know, I'm still working my way back from an injury. And now Sarah's got a broken ankle. So she's definitely yeah. kind of been um, where we've both been. Um, and so you knew, you talked about, um, I'll just read it out loud. When I stopped thinking I was not <clears throat> successful because I couldn't be a marathoner and realized that my consistent running habits were a big accomplishment, I felt joy and relief. I realized that how I define success is nowhere near the standards of others. But since I live my life, it's worked out. I love that. Since I live my life, my own life, it's worked out. And I just love that that's your, your standard for success is just daily or regular movement, you know? Because yep. and it's if, true. Yeah. Who, whose life am I living? Mine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know? Well, if we're going to um, quote Nikki to her, then I get to read the, the what I love. This was in a blog post that you wrote um, on your site about your essay and tales from another mother runner. You said, I have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow and I don't need to. I do know that unfortunately the meat skeleton I'm living in is eventually going to wear out. It's fragile and finite, so I have to take care of it. And I just, Amen. yeah, yeah. And the whole, the whole, the, I don't know what, I have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. I mean, that just, the place I'm in right now with my ankle, that's, that's the way I'm looking at it. You know, that, that I don't need to know. And, and all I got is the here and now and, and let's figure out the way to have the best day possible. Well, yeah. I hope you can keep doing that too. Cause that, I mean, injuries like that are hard. And I think that as long as you keep pulling yourself back, cause you, I, you're going to have days where you're like, what if this is it? What if this is it? As long as you recognize that and you go, okay, I mean, even just say out loud, stop, mm -hmm. like stop yourself and pull yourself back. Cause that's how you, that's how you're going to get through it. Mm -hmm. You know, just being mindful of it. Cause injuries suck. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. I had an ITB, like it was like four years ago. My, I had that ITB injury and I'm like, will it ever end? You know, but it does. You just have to be patient. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the hardest part is being patient and knowing that you've got to take care of your body and take, and meaning taking care of it is not running through the pain, <laughs> you exactly. know, cause that's how we deal with so much other pain in our lives or other strife or struggle or issues or whatever. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I've got, it helps, you know, 95% of me, my mental, my brain, whatever, but then I've got this one, you know, muscle fiber or one, you know, calf or whatever that doesn't like it. You've got to, unfortunately, like heed you know, heed the little gnat of the muscle or the calf and, and not be dumb. And that's, and, and that's yes. hard. 
Well, especially when you're used to pain. Every client I have, like every new client, one of the questions I ask when I assess them, <clears throat> excuse me, is, um, are you the type of person that, you know, realizes they have to go to the bathroom and then three hours later you still haven't gone? <laughs> and if a person says yes, then I'm, I, it gives me such a, a clearer picture of the type of person that I'm dealing with. You know, does this person listen to their body and their rhythms? Because if not, and this is kind of a habit, I mean, how are they recognizing pain, hunger, you know, just physical stuff, let alone the emotional stuff? If a person is is not saying, oh, I'm going to empty my bladder because there's urine in it, <laughs> how are they going to say, hey, I have to manage this anxiety because it's toxic and it's having a negative effect on my relationships? It's, you know, granted, they're two different things, but, you know, they work together. That is, so, I just, that just takes me right back. I remember when I was uh, home with my firstborn baby and, you know, breastfeeding around the clock and the whole bit. And I would, I just remember sometimes it would be like 1030 in the morning and I'd have to pee. And, you know, then 1215 would roll around like, oh, I still haven't gotten up and gone to the bathroom. <laughs> nope. <laughs> just, like, just filling up your eyes are yellow and your baby is horrible. And you're like, you know, and then, then maybe his little diapers, nice and full, and that reminds you, oh, I'm not wearing one of those. Right, right. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I wish I was. <laughs> right. awesome. oh, well, we, well I, I quoted you, Sarah quoted you. Can, you. can you read a bit of your essay for us, Nikki? I sure can. It was, it was kind of fun to write, but it was also kind of sad, you know? Well, you did such a good job of, I mean, the, the idea of your family dinners. Um, I mean, I got, I, I could get to you right now just thinking about it and the, your mom and how, about how your tables shrunk from, you know, this huge, gregarious, awesome family down to just, you know, you and your immediate family and your mom, who is, is she have dementia or something? I can't remember. I'm sorry. She does. She does. My mom has emphysema and oh. she has, um, it's called the multi-infarct dementia. So it's from strokes. So mm. it's brain damage from strokes that causes dementia. And it's, you know, it's not global like Alzheimer's, but it progresses in a, in a, you know, similarly unpleasant way. So sure. I, don't, I don't think any, there's difference between just regular aging and forgetfulness and dementia and dementia, you know, the kind, the kind that my mom has is very disruptive. It's executive functioning, you know, it's working memory. So, you know, things that you, we would take for granted, you need groceries. So you go make a list and then you get in the car and you go to the store and you get what you want and you bring it home. There's no way that multi-step type of basic thing is not something she can do. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. So yeah, you sure. did. So that, so that is an amazing, you know, we want to talk a little bit more about how you've kind of shifted into the caregiving mode um, or, or thinking about that and writing about that. So let's, let's save that. But, um, but let's get back to your essay. But again, like you did, like I said, you did an amazing job and, and we'd love to hear a bit of it. Thank you. Um, well, you know, how it's mine shorter than a lot of them. So when I was looking at it, cause I knew that you were going to ask me to read, I was thinking, where do I even start? Do you just want me to do a throw down a few pages? Sure. Yep. All right. I'll throw down. A few throw pages. them down. Throw them down. Throw down. That's such an awesome expression. I guess I know. it's not I think cool I'm gonna anymore have to though. Adopt that. Like I'm going to go pick up my kids from school today. Hey, would you throw down today? It's cool. <laughs> Did you throw down today? Did you throw down any brilliance? Bring it. Um, okay, I guess I'll start here. Um, 
Postpartum depression drained my body as well as my soul. My 5'5 frame carried only 115 pounds and only a fraction of it was muscle. In my pre-mom, pre-depression days, I weighed a muscular, toned, energetic 130 pounds. I could knock out a five-mile run in a little more than a half hour and still have energy to teach or take an exercise class. Which brings me back to the day Zach was hollering, chase me, mommy. I knew then I could catch him, but it wouldn't be easy. He was as fast and determined as I was exhausted and out of shape. As I zigged and zagged behind Zach, I realized I'd done exactly what I'd sworn not to do, become a heart disease, courting, cigarette-smoking victim of depression. The only running I was doing was from my truth, which was this. Running was probably the only thing that could save me from the fate of my family. Dear God, I'd become my parents. Running does not run in my family, unless you count scurrying from the law, which I understand my father did a lot of when he was in college, but that's a story for another book. What does run in my family is heart disease and a deep history of shunning any sort of exercise that isn't directly related to avoiding prosecution, rescuing a hyperactive child in a busy street, or bolting from an angry bear in a state park. Not sure this happened, but my Uncle Ole insisted it did. Also, my family is good at metaphorically running from problems and overwhelming, overwhelming emotions with illegal substances. Wow. When I read that, I'm like, wow, that's what we do. <laughs> that's, pretty, that's pretty intense. Um, my parents grew up in homes short on cash but long on love. And one of my extended family's most beloved traditions is sitting down for a weekly shared meal. When I was growing up, these occasions were thick with red meat, rich gravy, generous pats of butter, and plenty of salt. Before, during, and after dinner, the adults, the adults indulged in multiple cocktails and cigarettes. They sat and sat and sat some more, exercising their minds and their mouths. As working poor immigrants, they considered a long, chatty, fatty meal to be a reward for their backbreaking work in a hard world. I loved those Sunday dinners. The raucous laughter and good-natured ribbing fascinated me. I assumed every family spent hours at the table eating, drinking, and telling stories. Unfortunately, the first of the precious faces at the table disappeared when I was only six. My maternal grandfather died from complications of heart disease and emphysema when he was only 69. Cancer took my maternal aunt and uncle within two months of each other. They left four young daughters behind. My maternal grandmother, a devoted smoker, red meat eater, and beer drinker, died in her sleep, heart disease again. My paternal grandfather became so ill that he was unable to walk, his arteries packed with plaque from years of fat coursing through his blood. His descent was long and slow. When he finally died, it was a relief. Oh, but his laugh is a sound I miss most. It hurt to think I would never hear it again. My people were dying. I think I've depressed you enough. <laughs> well, and then you go and then and then you and just just to it. I mean, there is a somewhat happy ending in that you've kind of decided that you are going yes. to take take hold of your genetic destiny and, and try to give it a nice 90 degree turn. Right. It was a it was definitely um, I would say it was a roller coaster. You know, we talked earlier about how um, I had postpartum and, you know, I. I quit smoking when I was pregnant and when I was nursing, but you know, I went back. It's going back is one of those, you know, addiction's a tough thing, you know, especially sure. cigarettes. And, and I went back and I went back and I think that's, you know, the first thing I had to really 
pay attention to even before I, I got good at exercising again was making those lifestyle changes and not just because I should because but because I wanted to and that I wanted to have a different type of life a quality life and I wanted you know my children to see that too sure sure Are that's you how kid? you break the cycle absolutely absolutely and that's and you did you did break the cycle I mean it sounds like you truly truly have are your kids um, active or do they like to play sports or do things? Um, my daughter's really active. She's uh-huh. super active. And like last night we went out, um, we, wheel, we wheeled my mom all around the wheelchair in the mall. It was really fun. And um, But then, you know, we came back home and uh, my daughter and I went outside and, and we're shooting baskets. She loves, she's a lot more active than my son. Mm-hmm. My son has issues with autoimmune disease too and so he has a lot less stamina and strength, but um, he is really involved. He's really musical, so plays guitar and piano, and he's in drama at school, and um, I, he likes to be active. I think he wants to be more active than he is in ter- like, um, but not. He's not a sport guy. You know what I mean? He sure. doesn't really. He's not a fan of sports. He's very happy the Blackhawks won, but only because they're the Blackhawks, not because he <laughs> is interested. You know. Totally, totally. Yeah, we are active. We walk. I mean, we went um, for spring break earlier. We went. I planned an active vacation. We went to Arkansas. And we went hiking oh. and and we went ziplining and obstacle coursing up in the trees and stuff like that. So, oh, where, where in Arkansas? I'm I'm a big fan of the state. Oh God. Okay. So I'm trying to think where I can't remember where it was right now. We went to local ropes. We stayed in like this old kind of community. Why, why am I forgetting oh, now? Was it? Um... Was it the Springs place? The not, not Hope. What's the other one that I was thinking that I want to go to? That's in kind of the northwestern part. It's not too far from Bentonville. Yeah, I'm for some reason I'm not remembering where it is, and it's killing me because there was like no. It was you know it's a dry county, so you, my sister and I were like, God, we can't even hang out with a bottle of wine at night. We didn't realize that <laughs> you, you didn't know? pack it in. No, and you know. I, I mean, I like wine, but I'm not going to drive an hour to Walmart to get a bottle of wine. It's just, yeah, no. I'm not doing it. You know what I mean? There's just, it's not going to happen. So, um, gosh, why can't I remember where we were? Oh, that's just bothering me. But, um, you know, it was a uh, timeshare. So uh, we have like a my, – my family has like a timeshare a couple weeks in Orlando, which we swapped out for. Arkansas. Nice. Yeah. It's awesome. kind of like a senior living community <laughs> type of thing. <laughs> it was really fun, though. I loved it. That's so fun. He so went fun. out to this on his boat to this island and hiked. It was awesome. Oh, nice. So, someone yeah. will know where it is. Someone will then they'll tell us. We'll let you know. Yeah. Or, yeah. We'll let you know where you vacation, So are you transitioning out of moms who drink and swear? Are you, are you still, I've kind of seen a little bit. Are you still doing that blog? Or are you kind of, tell us kind of what you're doing outside of your, um, your social, your clinical work. And, um, cause I know that you, we talked a little bit about your caretaking or caregiving mm-hmm. project, right? Yep. I am, you know, moms who drink and swear will stay alive as long as it, it is still fun and it is still fun. And I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do with it. I think as most bloggers know, um, you know, blogging takes work and, and dedication and you can either decide, I mean, for a while I made very decent money doing so and, and wrote another book based on the blog, but, um, and I still want to do it. I'm still planning to do it. I'm just sort of evening things out a little. Um, I also have a master's degree in gerontology and 
I, I decided instead of getting a PhD to get the master's in gerontology because I love the study of the lifespan and aging. And, and that's really what I wanted to focus my attention on. So um, my friend Annie, who has been a caregiver for her mother, who has MS, um, we always talk about caregiving issues. And we said, that's it. We're going to write a book. We're going to do this. And so we secured a pretty large grant that we are having uh, – managed by Concordia University in Chicago, which has a great gerontology program. Mm. And right now we're kind of curating content for the book. So sort of like your books where you mm. had, you know, this recent one, Tales from Another Mother Runner. So it'll be uh, four sections. The first section is about caregiving with children, you know, chronic illness, transplant, cancer, you name it. The second section is more about caring for peers. So if you, like a spouse with cancer or mental illness or a sibling, um, the third section is about caring for aging parents, and the fourth section is about caring for the caregiver. Oh, that's awesome! That's yeah, I like so, that. Yeah. What's, do you have Do you have a title for it yet, or any kind of information about when it might be released? No, no pressure. Yeah, no pressure. No pressure. Type A. Type a. Um, thank God for Annie because she's more Type A than I am. Um, it's, Amen. It's, Amen for yeah. those Type A uh, co-authors, co-editors. I love them. I like Type A minus minus, or maybe like B plus. I think. But Annie's like triple plus. Um, well, Annie had, a, Annie had a swear word chart when she was growing up. Oh, my God. <laughs> she probably still has a swear word chart. She's so organized. She's such a good mom. Um, we, you know, the stories that we're collecting, We the due date is in August. Mm-hmm. And then we are kind of jumpstarting from there. You know, there's still quite a few decisions to make in terms of sure. what directions we want to go. You know, one of the issues we have is that Concordia University is a Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod University. And so, you know, we do have an option to use their press, but we also feel really strongly about one of the sections in our book that talks about, you know, that includes um, homosexual relationships and caring and, and some of the intricacies of, of that, you know, how hard that can be, mm-hmm. you know, how hard it can be to, to care for somebody on your own, especially if somebody has been, you know, shunned from their family and dying of AIDS. I mean, these are really, you know, pretty significant issues that I think are not talked about as much. When we talk about caregiving, we always think about older people, Mm -hmm. but that's not, I mean, the majority of the people who are acting as caregivers right now are caring for people of all ages. You know, if they're caring for someone older, they're also caring for children. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, when when I saw that you were working on a book about caregiving, I thought, oh, it's about elderly parents. Nope. Yeah. yeah. Nope. It's called. It's going to be called uh, "Cradle to Caregiving from the Cradle to the Graves: Hewer and Stoicism." Blah blah blah. I can't. We're still working that. Out. <laughs> <laughs> I like the "Cradle to the Grave" part. That's a great idea, though. I mean, that's that's. I, it's. I mean, the reason why I asked about a name or a, or a title or a deadline is because I know that people will, our listeners will definitely eat that up. So when it's. Um, Available. enjoy reading it and get some yeah when it's available let us know because we'd love to make sure that it's you know in about four years because that's about how long it takes to publish a book <laughs> talk about a marathon man if you don't even if you don't run a marathon you get to do a marathon with as you know with a book writing process <laughs> oh um, my god i remember with my book it was like an oh god kill me never uh i said so, never again but i it, it'll happen that's so funny <laughs> because uh so many people with uh now with my broken ankle they're like oh but i'm sure a fourth book will come out of this i'm like Oh, why don't you just tell me I'm going to break my other ankle? I'm, <laughs> it's about as no appealing. Pressure. No pressure, right? Because you can't just rest and relax and let your ankle heal. Uh-huh. You, you got to be productive, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Another message that poor, you know, we women deal with. 
Well, and so what about, just because I bet you there are a lot of women listening, I mean, do you have essays in or do you have thoughts about the, that fourth the fourth part, caregiving for the caregiver? I mean, I would imagine a lot of things that we talked about earlier, just the sleep and the healthy eating and the exercise. It's um, absolutely my soapbox. It yeah. is my soapbox issue. Um, well, you know, one of the key, I think, components for this is there's, this is pretty new if you think about it. I mean, people are living longer. Mm-hmm. longer than ever before. You know, the baby boomers are coming of age and, and caring for aging parents is tricky because it's not like caring for a minor where you can make all the decisions. So a lot of the that section is about educating yourself about what needs to happen, you know, what you need to do in order to prepare for the this inevitable caregiving that you're going to do, whether it's, you know, sitting down with your parents and really having a tough, tough conversation about, scary stuff. Like what if you're diagnosed with Alzheimer's? What if you're diagnosed with, you know, Lou Gehrig's disease? I mean, what what are the things that you want? What matters to you? What's important? Um, where do you want your money to be spent? So these are, these just are tough, tough conversations that I think a lot of people put off. Mm -hmm. There is, um, an online resource. It's called the five wishes and it's like the number five and you can send away for these packets and they're Eight catalysts for conversation. You know, it, it's got every detail. If I'm on hospice, this is the music I'd like. This is how I, you know, this is the spiritual components I'd like to be included in my care. So a bit, I think a big part of caregiving is not doing reactive caregiving. It's doing proactive caregiving, being aware that this is life. This is a part of life. You will be a caregiver. Yeah. It's inevitable. Yeah, my uh, I'm headed out to uh, my parents are um, my mom turns 89 this month and my dad. Wow. Uh, yeah, my dad, um, his 89th birthday is in December. And so my uh, I'm going back out to see them. They live across the country from me and I'm taking the kids out to see them in early July. And so um, my brother and I have been talking about, you know, how I can have some of these conversations with them in person, particularly my mom, because she's the more with it one. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's been, he wrote me a long email and I, you know, started and put it in a folder so that I would know where to find it. And I'm thinking I might just print this out when I sit down to talk to my mom, you know, and have a big box of Kleenex handy because I'm just gonna turn into a blathering, you know, mess of tears. So. And you, you might, but mm-hmm. I think if you create an environment that's comfortable for both of you and it kind of happens naturally, what, you know, whatever, you do with your mom that is natural and comfortable and, and your conversations flowing, you know, you don't have to, I mean, I think a lot of people think they have to kind of artificially, you know, create a time as opposed to just naturally flow into the conversation and be proactive and be prepared. Like training for a marathon, right? You don't just run it. You can't run it. You can't BS that crap because it, you will die, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. or your feet will fall off or whatever. But like with, with this kind of thing too, just thinking these things over in your head, even jotting things down for yourself, writing them down. I love that five wishes thing. It is the coolest thing. So is it the number five wishes, the number five wishes.com? I'm sure it's the number five wishes or it's, but yeah, the five wishes and it's a packet. I think it costs back when I got it, I think it was like five bucks or whatever, but it's a great five bucks. So it's it's very reasonable. It's it's, it's aging with dignity. Five wishes. Is that what it is? Yes. That's yes. Cool. Okay. So the website is a aging with dignity. Aging dot with dignity. org. Yeah. There so, 
Yeah, it's beautiful. I mean, and you know, when you want to have tough conversations with your kids, and you guys both have boys too, more with boys, I think with girls, you don't sit a boy down and start talking. You do something active. You, you know, just get comfortable, right? And I think that's the same thing with any tough conversation that you want to have. Just, you know, creating an artificial environment is just going to make it more awkward. But the five wishes thing is something that all of us can sit down with. You could sit down with that and look at it and really think about what you do want. Mm -hmm. It's also good because then it kind of gives, sometimes find it's helpful to have something to focus on and so that you're not just pulling things out of the air so that if both of you can, you know, or the however many parents or, you know, family members you have there can focus on it and, and that there seems to then be a common, you know, task list or something. Oh, absolutely. And you were talking about your brother too. You know, issues with siblings are pretty significant because, you know, you'd be surprised at, at how many conflicts can come up. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm the youngest of three. We have an older sister and, um, I'm the outspoken one and the one who kind of, um, confronts things from a, in a family of non-confronters. And so when I finally brought up the topic of, Hey, maybe it's time to sell this, um, you know, death trap of a house and get you into some sort of (laughs) place that has elevators and smooth floors. Um, you know, I think I kind of surprised everybody by being, you know, hey, look, it's the it's that spoiled youngest one who brought this all up. And so um, just kind of then called my siblings that night and was like, hey, this is what I talked to mom and dad about today. So mm-hmm. and it's a fam- I mean, that's a family role, the youngest child anyway. But I mean, you know, there's a lot to do. There's a lot of ducks you got to get in a row. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then sometimes the ducks get pushed out of the way because your parents decide, no, they're not going to sell their house and they want to try to live out their days in the, you know, the the death trap house. So Right, but if you have power of attorney, if you have a document of power of attorney property and power of attorney medical and mm-hmm. you have a living will and you have a will and you have a five wishes packet filled out, then you are equipped. Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. equipped. You've got your arsenal. That's a lot of tools in your toolbox because having power of attorney doesn't mean you just get to do whatever you want. You exercise your power of attorney when, you know, your loved one can no longer do so. And, mm-hmm. you know, by that time, it, it won't be as difficult as, <laughs> as it would be if they were fighting you about the death trap. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So. I see you, Sarah, having a conversation with your mom, like in the kitchen. You know, I've, I've been to I've been to the death trap. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, and trap. either while you know, if you're able to be on your foot then and prepare dinner, and just kind of I would, and so the five wishes still cost five dollars, just in case anyone's wondering. I have it up, so it's very affordable. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I almost see you like having it next to you as you're, you know, cutting tomatoes or something like that, and your mm-hmm. mom's just sitting at the table, and you're, you know, yeah. so you don't have to look at her straight in the eye, you know, right. but you can still have a nice kind of rapport going and, and, but there's still movement, you know, yeah. you're making dinner and she's, you know, answering questions or whatever. I don't right, know. I can right. see that. Yeah, situation. no, I can see that too. Yeah. You're exactly And there's a right. lot of other stuff too on the website too. I mean, there's not just the five wishes document. There's, there's lots of other stuff that, can, you know, guides you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's wow. good stuff. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Nikki, holy cow, you've been such an amazing resource and in, in many ways. I mean, you know, your perspective, I think, is so valued and so important in this world, um, you know, as far as running goes. And of course, that's our focus. But I mean, everything, you know, you know, I could just sit and listen to you. Let's talk some more about aging therapy. It's, it's just free it therapy, therapy. You know? I know that's what you do. I know. Right. And you have a client in 10 minutes. So we got to let you go. But um, 
but hey, will you come on and give us some more therapy uh, later on? Maybe we'll uh, make an appointment we'll, for next year. Maybe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, we'll make an appointment. I would, love, I would love to. And I'm really, again, I want to thank you again. I told you this already, but I just being a part of this book was so cool and fun. And I felt like, like a cool kid. I'm like, Oh my God, look at all these contributors. This is so cool. I about died. So we think you're pretty cool yourself. Yeah, exactly. Nikki. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. Don't let the plastic bring you down. Yeah. Wow. wow. I, I mean, seriously, I do feel like I should be like prone on a couch right now, have a box <laughs> of Kleenex near me. Um, because her voice is so soothing, right? Like it it's got this really nice. Oh, it is. Oh, to it or something. I don't know what the word is, but. Oh, I know. And her, and also her essay came alive hearing it in her voice. That's what yes. I've discovered with, with all the contributors from Tales from Another Mother Runner, having them on, there's nuances somehow that come through in the voice that, that, um, I had missed on the on the printed yeah. page. So yeah, behind a little bit on the page. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean I have to say that family dinner thing, like I just came back to it again and again and I could just see it. You know, I could mm-hmm. see the smoke, I could see the laughter, I could or hear yeah, the hear laughter. The, hear the ice clinking in the cocktail Your glasses. Ice, yeah, so. yeah. And then and then I just have this picture of like I mean it's it's not sad because it's the it's the right direction, but the four of them with her mom who's clearly struggling, you know, sitting mm-hmm. around having you know, kale and veggie burgers, <laughs> which I mean, you know, it's, I, I am not laughing because, you know, but it's just like, it's such a dramatic shift and, and it, you know, and you mourn the loss of what was, and but then you mourn or then you're excited for what can be. And mm-hmm. I don't know, she just brought, I think she just, there was a lot of really elements that resonated um, in that, I think with everybody, you know, because yeah. everyone has a family and everybody has genes that probably, you know, aren't going to serve them the best in the long run in some capacity, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, well, if you want to want to carry on this conversation, you can look for us on Facebook. We'd appreciate if you would like our page, which is Run Like a Mother the Book. Our websites are anothermotherrunner.com and motherrunnerstore.com, which again is where you can find our 10K, 13.1, and Marathon Find Your Strong Challenges. On Twitter and Instagram, we are at The Mother Runner. Our books, Run Like a Mother, Train Like a Mother, and Tales from Another Mother Runner, where you can read Nikki's essay as well as 21 others, are available on Amazon.com. And many happy miles to you. 